This podcast is part of the National Archives Voices of the Armistice campaign, commemorating 90 years since the end of the First World War. Hear more voices at nationalarchives.gov.uk forward slash armistice. My name is William Spencer. I am the Principal Military Specialist at the National Archives at Kew. FO 93-36-76, stroke stroke the Treaty of Versailles. The following are a number of extracts taken from the Treaty of Versailles held at the National Archives. If there is one record that we have here that resolved a war and caused a war, perhaps the Treaty of Versailles is one of the most significant. Bearing in mind that on the request of the Imperial German government, an armistice was granted on November 11th, 1918, to Germany by the principal Allied and Associated Powers, in order that a treaty of peace might be concluded with her, and the Allied and Associated Powers being equally desirous that the war in which they were successfully involved, directly or indirectly, and which originated in the declaration of war by Austria-Hungary on July 28th, 1914 against Serbia, the declaration of war by Germany against Russia on August 1st, 1914, and against France on August 3rd, 1914, and in the invasion of Belgium, should be replaced by a firm, just and durable peace. From the coming into force of the present treaty, the state of war will terminate. From that moment, and subject to the provisions of this treaty, official relations with Germany, and with any of the German states, will be resumed by the Allied and Associated Powers. Part 1. The Covenant of the League of Nations. The high contracting parties, in order to promote international cooperation and to achieve international peace and security, by the acceptance of obligations not to resort to war, by the prescription of open, just and honourable relations between nations, by the firm establishment of the understandings of international law as the actual rule of conduct among governments, and by the maintenance of justice and a scrupulous respect for all treaty obligations in the dealings of organised peoples with one another, agree to this covenant of the League of Nations. Part 3. Political Clauses for Europe Section 1. Belgium Article 32. Germany recognises the full sovereignty of Belgium over the whole contested territory of Moronet. Section 3. Left Bank of the Rhine Article 42. Germany is forbidden to maintain or construct any fortifications either on the left bank of the Rhine or on the right bank to the west of a line drawn 50 kilometres to the east of the Rhine. Article 43. In the area defined above, the maintenance and the assembly of armed forces, either permanently or temporarily, and military manoeuvres of any kind, as well as the upkeep of all permanent works for mobilisation, are in the same way forbidden. Article 44. In case Germany violates in any manner whatever the provisions of Articles 42 and 43, she shall be regarded as committing hostile act against the powers signatory of the present treaty and as calculated to disturb the peace of the world. Section 6. Austria. Article 80. Germany acknowledges and will respect strictly the independence of Austria, within the frontiers which may be fixed in a treaty between that state and the principal allied and associated powers. She agrees that this independence shall be inalienable, except with the consent of the Council of the League of Nations. Section 8. Poland. Article 87. Germany, in conformity with the action already taken by the Allied and Associated Powers, recognises the complete independence of Poland. Article 88. In the portion of Upper Silesia, included within the boundaries described below, the inhabitants will be called upon to indicate by a vote whether they wish to be attached to Germany or to Poland. Article 91. 
German nationals habitually resident in territories recognized as forming part of Poland will acquire Polish nationality ipso facto and will lose their German nationality. Part 4. German rights and interests outside Germany. Article 118. In territory outside her European frontiers, as fixed by the present treaty, Germany renounces all rights, titles and privileges, whatever in or over territory which belong to her or to her allies, and all rights, titles and privileges, whatever their origin, which she held as against the allied and associated powers. Part 5. Military, naval and air clauses. Effectiveness and cadres of the German army. Article 159. The German military forces shall be demobilized and reduced, as prescribed here and after. Article 160. 1. By a date which must not be later than March 31, 1920, the German army must not comprise more than seven divisions of infantry and three divisions of cavalry. After that date, the total number of effectives in the army of the states constituting Germany must not exceed 100,000 men, including officers and establishments of depots. The army shall be devoted exclusively to the maintenance of order within their territory and to the control of the frontiers. The total effective strength of officers, including the personnel of staffs, whatever their composition, must not exceed 4,000. Naval Clauses Article 181 After the expiration of a period of two months from the coming into force of the present treaty, the German naval forces in commission must not exceed six battleships, six light cruisers, twelve destroyers, Twelve torpedo boats, or an equal number of ships constructed to replace them as provided in Article 190. No submarines are to be included. All other warships, except where there is a provision to the contrary in the present treaty, must be placed in reserve or devoted to commercial purposes. Article 191. The construction or acquisition of any submarine, even for commercial purposes, shall be forbidden in Germany. Section 3. Air Clauses. Article 199. Within two months from the coming into force of the present treaty, the personnel of air forces on the rolls of the German land and sea forces shall be demobilized. Part 6. Prisoners of war and graves. Article 225. The Allied and Associated Governments and the German government will cause to be respected and maintained the graves of the soldiers and sailors buried in their respective territories. They agree to recognise any commission appointed by an allied and associated government for the purpose of identifying, registering, caring for or erecting suitable memorials over the said graves and to facilitate the discharge of its duties. Part 7. Penalties. The allied and associated powers publicly arraign William II of Hohenzollern, formerly German emperor, for a supreme offence against international morality and the sanctity of treaties. Part 8. Reparation. Section 1. General Provisions. Article 231. The Allied and Associated Governments affirm, and Germany accepts the responsibility of Germany and her allies for causing all the loss and damage to which the Allied and Associated Government and their nationals have been subjected as a consequence of the war imposed upon them by the aggression of Germany and her allies. This podcast is a recording of extracts taken from records at the National Archives and is a copyright of the Crown.